If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good afternoon to my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 49 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, May 31st, 2020. Let's get things started by, as always, giving our shout out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network, as well as Grunt Talks MLB. First up, as always, Team Left Jab. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab on and, of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms at Team Left Jab and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, you name it, the list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and see where they feature Yapping Yankees. Follow the man behind the website too, Darren on Twitter at YankeesReport28. Special thanks to Darren and Grunt Talks MLB for helping spread the word every week about yapping Yankees. And also, guys, as a quick reminder, and I'll be doing another reminder at the end of today's episode, please do not forget that this coming Friday, June 5th at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern on my Instagram, be sure to follow me on there at MikeScuds97 again, but this Friday, June 5th at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern, I will be doing the live Q&A on Instagram in honor of episode 50 of Yapping Yankees approaching next Sunday. I can't believe episode 50 is already here. It's a landmark episode. I can't wait to do it next week. It's going to be a lot of fun, as Yapping Yankees is every week. But I did just want to put another reminder out there for the live Q&A on Instagram. Again, this coming Friday, June 5th at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern on my Instagram at Mike. Scuds97. We're going to have a ton of fun. You are not going to want to miss it, and I will be sure to post more reminders on social media as the week goes along, all the way up until Friday until the live Q&A actually happens on June 5th. Again, it's in honor of Yapping Yankees episode 50. Another really fun way to interact with each other in honor of episode 50 coming up. It's definitely a time of celebration to celebrate Yapping Yankees coming all this way since I started it in early June of last year. I really can't believe how far this podcast has come, and I really think this is a very fun and interactive way to celebrate it. Just be able to talk to you guys on a live stream and interact with each other in a way we've never interacted before. So again, be there this Friday, June 5th, 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern, live Q&A on my Instagram, MikeScuds97, and I'll be sure to remind you guys about it at the end of this episode as well. But it is May 31st, the final day of May. June is tomorrow, symbolizing that 2020 is nearly halfway over, thank God. I have never wanted a year to end like I want this one to. This has just been the year from hell itself, as I've been saying. I'd even go as far as saying that this is the worst year in generations. And we're only about to hit June! <laughs> it's just crazy, it really is. With it being as bad as it is, though, it's also one of the most historic years in generations. One that'll be spoken about for generations to come, if you ask me. 
There's just so much going on from the virus, and although things are easing up with it a bit in lots of places, it's still around. And of course, you have the awful killing of George Floyd in Minnesota by that awful police officer, followed by the riots in some cities around the country. These are dark times, my friends. Very, very dark times. I don't want to make believe all of those things aren't happening, but I'll say this much. I do hope that that police officer and the other officers who are present are prosecuted and punished to the fullest extent of the law for what they did. And I hope everyone stays safe with the riots going on too. But as someone who has no issues with anyone solely based on skin color, but how they are as a person in their hearts, I'm an advocate for justice and peace regardless. And those two things have different meanings in the minds of some, of course. And if you don't care for what I have, to say with this, fine. You don't have to listen to me. But I hope there is peace soon. I really do. I'm praying for the safety of all the innocent lives out there. And I hope those officers, especially the one who killed Mr. Floyd like that, have the book thrown at them. Because it was unspeakably horrible what that officer did. And it's not okay in the slightest. He has to be punished for his horrific murder because that's what it was. A murder. In all situations like that, justice needs to be served. Otherwise, what kind of a message are you sending? These injustices need to stop. I really do fear for the country in these times. There's just so much going on. It really, really is scary. But for right now, that's what I'll say about the situation. Because again, I don't want to pretend it's not going on. And I don't think it's right to completely shut it out either. But I just hope everybody out there just stays safe. It's really, really dangerous and really, really scary out there right now. There's lots of pain and lots of anger out there right now that I hope can be eased. And I hope, upon justice being properly served, that peace can be restored soon. However, from all of that to the virus and plenty more taking place in life right now for so many, I'm going to do my best, as I always do, to divert your attention to the Yankees and to baseball for at least the next half hour to 40 minutes or so, because that's what I do. And because there's plenty to get through today, despite basically none of it being very positive as far as MLB and the players' union's concerned, but what else is new? There hasn't been a whole lot of positivity between them for some weeks now, but hey, we gotta talk about it. But it's still gonna be a good episode as always, don't be discouraged now. Even if the owners and or players' union has you discouraged, don't be discouraged in the quality of the podcast, so we'll get things started as we usually do with this week's poll on Twitter and Instagram, which did get extra interaction this week. Lots of votes and lots of replies. And I'll get through as many replies as I can. Then we'll quickly brush through a fun fact about Derek Jeter, having to do with an important date in history for him that came and went this past week, followed by some talk about the captain himself for a bit, my favorite player of all time. And yes, Jeter is my favorite player ever, for those who don't know. And we'll also discuss the Yankees' status with what they're doing with their non-roster minor leaguers, since we know a lot has happened yet again with the minor leagues and all its players around the league throughout this past week. We'll also briefly hit on the league as a whole with which teams have committed to paying their minor leaguers, as well as what I mentioned before with all of the just joyful news surrounding the MLB and Players Union. I hope you caught on to that extreme sarcasm. So let's waste no further time and get right into it all. And we shall begin with this week's poll. We'll start on Twitter as we do every week. And this week's question to you is, do you think that MLB will lose a significant amount of fans if money is all that separates us from baseball this year? And would the sport be in big trouble? And then, of course, for your shout out on the podcast to give me your thoughts in the comments. Now, I've given my opinion on this in the past few Yapping Yankees episodes, as you know, 
And if you want to listen back to that opinion, you can listen back to any of the past few Yapping Yankees episodes. Otherwise, I'll be reiterating some thoughts at the end of today's episode. But I really wanted to gauge your thoughts here and hear even more so if you out there believe that this will significantly impact baseball in a negative way to the point where they may even lose fans if money is the only thing separating us from getting the sport back. And the two choices for you to choose from are either yes or no, fans will remain. Those are the two choices. And as I said earlier, there was even more interaction with the poll this week than usual. Almost 2,000 people voted. 1,922 of you voted on this poll, so a great sample size, definitely. We've had a few Yapping Yankees polls since the podcast started that have gotten as many as thousands of voters, and it's always awesome when that happens because you want to get more results based on what more people are thinking for a bigger sample size. And it's just good to get as many opinions as you can possibly get. And out of the near 2,000 of you that voted, 64% of you said yes, MLB will lose a significant amount of fans if money is all that separates us from baseball this year and the sport would be in trouble. 64% of all of those votes say yes and 36% say no, fans will remain. So it seems again for this week... As these negotiations between the league and the Players Association are ongoing, it seems like we're taking another standpoint of pessimism in the poll again for this week. And it's understandable. We all know how exhausting this process has been to follow and discuss. We've spoken about that already many times. It's been downright exhausting. And quite frankly, a lot of people are starting to not even care anymore. People are just getting very, very tired of listening to the back and forth. But again, people think that it will significantly impact the sport. And we also did get a lot of replies this time, even more than usual. We always get a good amount of replies, but even more so than usual for this week. So we'll get through as many as we can get through before moving on to Instagram, because if we read out all these, we'll be here until tomorrow morning. So we'll get through as many as possible, I promise. So without further delay, let's get into those replies and see what everyone is thinking. First up, we have at Sean 996660764. The numbers kill me. But Sean has to say, the NBA is planning July 31st, the NHL in July. Baseball needs to get their bleep together. <laughs> well, yeah, that's been one of the major points as to why these negotiations have been so tough to listen to because so many of the other sports, if not all of them, have gotten it together and are ready to go when permitted. And all the while, here are the MLB owners and the Players Association at each other's throats. So yeah, it's frustrating. I definitely understand that. At Laura underscore Iceman says, This was a tough question, but I believe most fans will remain. There's no doubt in my mind that MLB will lose the casual fans if the season's canceled, but true fans will stick around. MLB has been through lockouts and strikes before, so they can bounce back from this. Well, yeah, I definitely think it's fair to say that they could bounce back from this down the road, and I do definitely think they will for sure lose their casual fans if the season's canceled over money alone. But I don't know, and I'm going to say this later, when it comes to the prior lockouts and strikes, those were different times, basically over money alone. Meanwhile, this is over money as well, but as a result of an unforeseen and for now uncontrollable health crisis. It's really out of anybody's control and the health crisis makes it different from all the past times, honestly. But yeah, maybe it'll take time for it to bounce back too. Who knows? We'll have to see if it does happen, which I hope it doesn't because I do hope we get baseball this year. At C Pizza IA says, the scars that will remain after this year if they don't play will last a long time. 
No fan wants to hear about them losing money when most fans have lost their lives, jobs, and livelihood. Minor league players are being released too. Going to be a while to repair the damage. Well, yes, and as I said earlier, we're going to talk about the minor league cuts and the releases and the situation with them being paid or not being paid, depending on the organization. We're going to talk about that stuff later in MLB News, but that definitely is something you're seeing amongst the fan base. People are going through a lot in life right now, and some of them have just lost patience or never wanted to hear it in the first place, it being the way that the MLB owners and the MLB Players Association are fighting over the money right now. A lot of people just have no interest in listening to that, apparently with the struggles that they're going through individually. And I can't say I blame them 100%. I can't say I blame them for not wanting to listen to that. People feel very strongly about this, but you say that the scars will remain a long time. All right, let's keep going. At Mr. Y Clipped says, History says it will eventually bounce back. Perception will play a role. If they canceled the season due to health fears, I think fans would have been forgiving. But perception has changed. Fans now see it as a fight over money, not health. And yeah, that's been one of the things I've been preaching every week up to this episode this week. I've been saying if it was over health, that's one thing, but the primary disagreement here, the main disconnect, even if health has a little bit to do with it, the main disconnect does appear to be money. And they say that both sides have realized that money can't be the only thing separating us from baseball this year, but do they really realize that? Because they can't seem to get past the hurdle. And as we know, time is a ticking. But yeah, absolutely, money definitely seems to be the main disconnect between the two sides, no doubt about it. At MountainGal456 says, I think the fans will be angry for a while, and like always, they will get over it and remain. Alright, fair enough. At TeganGram23 says, fans will remain, but with tough love. Everybody loves the game of baseball, but we're gonna be real bitter towards certain individuals next year. The commish has handled this terribly. The owners are greedy. At least the big-time players like David Price are helping out, even with their new organizations. Great stuff from them. Gary Sanchez must be proud of his son. <laughs> yeah, in reference to David Price, we'll talk a bit about what David Price contributed to the Dodgers organization in a bit. And yeah, since Gary Sanchez has done well off David Price, people are using the expression that Gary Sanchez must be proud of his son. <laughs> This is not the first time I've seen that on Twitter. But yeah, listen, if the fans do remain, I definitely think there may be some tough love incorporated into their fandom. And yeah, I don't really know where Rob Manford has been throughout this whole thing, even talking-wise. I mean, I know the owners are really in control of it all, and there's only so much he could do or say, but at the same time, he definitely still has power and an important voice as the commissioner. And ever since the statement of, oh, I'm very confident that both sides will come to an agreement, I'm not really sure where he's been exactly. But I don't really expect much out of him. He's not very good at his job, so that's that. And yes, the owners are acting like they're being horribly greedy. Again, we'll get to that more later. At Scotty underscore does know says, MLB players don't want to get into a financial war with owners during a pandemic. This will do tremendous damage to the image of professional baseball players for years to come. There was a lockout looming large in 2021 prior to this. Owners have more leverage currently. Well, yeah, we've already heard about the reporting in past weeks already attempting to paint the players in a bad light as it is. And yeah, the owners, the billionaires, the rich ones, they're in control. If you have more money, you're in control. That's always the way it is. It sucks, but yeah, you're right. As far as leverage is concerned, that is the way that it is. And yeah, there was definitely a lot of talk already for 2021 with the CBA approaching, so... 
definitely not a good thing that these pandemic negotiations have made the relations between the two sides even more sour, which makes it even more concerning for next year. You're right. And that is a thing because you don't want to strike at the end of all of this to add on to everything. It's just so frustrating. Up next, we have at the goat underscore 12 says, I know for a fact fans will be pissed about the season not happening if money and greedy owners is the problem. Would we lose fans? Maybe, but who knows? Well, yeah, who knows? I mean, we don't really know for sure before it happens yet. But that's what a lot of these polls have been these last few weeks, just giving out your prediction and just seeing if it sticks, if the scenario is to play out. But yes, of course, we know for a fact that a lot of people will be beyond infuriated if money and the greediness is the only reason we don't get baseball. That'll just create an outrage for a lot of people. At Arizona underscore Ranger one says, I would say yes to losing fans, but I'm not sure the sport would be in big trouble. In the short term, perhaps, but baseball has been through stuff like lockouts and strikes in the past, and it has always recovered. And yes, as I've said with past comments, you're right about it mostly always bouncing back as time passes, but I will reiterate the fact that this year, things are significantly different because this wasn't just a debate over money, just to argue over it maybe for the CBA as there was in the past when there were typical labor disputes. But now these labor disputes are as a result of an uncontrollable health crisis. It is different this year. It's not like the disagreements or the lockouts or the strikes of the past. It is different, especially with how uncertain the future in the whole world as a whole is. It's just different this time around. But I get what you're saying. I would like to reference the past too, but the fact of the matter is, is that this year is definitely different. At Laker 477 says, MLB is in big trouble now as it is. If this season is lost because of money, it will lose so many fans that it might never recover from it. Okay, so the other side of the coin here, someone's saying that they may never recover from it. They'll lose a lot of fans and the sport will be damaged severely. All right. At Peace Now for Life says, this was a tough question. I say fans, for the most part, will remain. I do think baseball will lose some casual fans, but not a significant amount. The true baseball fans will stay as they did after the strike. Again, I'll reiterate, I just think this year is a bit different, but I do understand the referencing of the past. And it does seem we have somebody else thinking that the true fans will stick around and the casuals will be the ones to leave. All right, let's keep moving. Up next, we have at TJT Whitting here says they may lose a few fans, but the majority of fans will stay. What they will lose is money. More fans will think twice before spending their hard-earned money on MLB items. Well, yeah, money's going to be lost regardless of what's done. That much has been established already. And yeah, if they want to play the perspective, meaning the owners, of saying money is more important to us than the fans and getting baseball back for this year, then yeah, certain fans may say, well, two can play at that game. I'm not going to spend as much money on your merchandise or concessions or anything of the like, and I'll prove to you that money's more important to me too. And therefore, there's just even more money losses to go around at that point. Ugh, it's just a mess. It really is. At Savage Empire Pod says, maybe for a little while, but it won't last. How many stayed away after 94? Well, again, I'll say it again. This year is pretty different. It really is. It's different, and it's for a different reason this year. At this moment, we are in the middle of a health crisis that does not have a vaccine or anything yet to restore comfort in these regular things resuming, like getting fans back in attendance. And for that reason, that is the cause of these labor disputes right now. So it's just for a different reason than years past, like 94 or 81. So again, while I do understand the references to the past, it is just different this year. 
And people have many more frustrations just in life in general because of the way they're struggling regularly right now, which makes them even angrier when they hear these negotiations and their patience runs even thinner. So again, yes, there are just a lot more outside outlying factors having to do with this this time around rather than 94 or 81. At official 52011 says, I think MLB will lose some fans, but the true fans will stay. All right, fair enough. That seems to be what a lot of people are saying, especially about the casual fans. They think that the casual fans will be the ones to go. At team underscore left jab. All right, team left jab getting a second shout out today saying, yes, we have seen greed hurt this game before. Yes, we have. At Bronx Bombers 46 says definitely. Okay, again, definitely a lot more pessimism this time around. But hey, this is how people are feeling. At Z Official 4 says, Baseball only came out of the 94 strike because of the roid-fueled home runs of the late 90s. Alright, well, there's no really true way to know that unless you just ask all baseball fans about that. But maybe it did help. I guess it depends on the person. At Stickman731 says, This occurred during the strike years, and it took the next generation to return. Stupidity. Just cancel the season. Well, if they could find a way to work it out, I don't want them canceling the season, but I definitely understand the frustration. I, I do. I really do. And perhaps if they can figure it out, then maybe relations will improve between the two sides also, and for next year for the CBA, perhaps things will be better for that too. We can only hope. Up next is at JT Ramazzo says, they have a chance to come back and become America's sport again. If baseball doesn't come back, they will be destroying the sport. Well, yeah, that's the thing, and that's what we've been talking about. If baseball does come back, then it could definitely have the opportunity to gain a lot more popularity. And if it doesn't, then it could also incredibly hurt the sport, particularly and especially if the only thing separating us from this possibility is money. It's just not a good look. So, yeah, I agree. If that's the only thing separating us from baseball, yeah, I agree. It could definitely hurt the sport. And from what I see, a lot of people agree with that. At Robertino53 says, It takes 30 days to form a habit. We've been without it since April. If it doesn't come back, I won't miss it. Last thing in my mind is a bunch of millionaires objecting to play for $8 million for four months of work. Well, we've actually been without baseball since March. March 12th was the day that it all came to a halt. But yes, as we've also heard with a lot of the other replies throughout this segment... Lots of people are, in fact, just out of patience with listening to the back and forth. They're just tired of hearing it. At Daryl1960 says, Initially, it will lose fans, but people will come back slowly. It depends on the product, the economy, and the progress of COVID-19. I think that's fair. And yes, as I've been saying, there are a lot of factors that could contribute to this. Definitely. I think that's a very fair reply. And yes, a lot of it does have to do with those factors also because a lot of people may just decide to just not watch baseball until things return to normal. As far as having fans back in attendance, maybe not having certain things about the game altered that they don't like, that could be altered if baseball is played this year. So yes, depending on how some of those factors may progress, that could definitely have an outcome on this. And yes, also how the virus itself progresses, what it does over the summer, when the vaccine comes out, these things matter. Let's just do a few more and then we'll move on to Instagram. Up next, we have at Yankees Moments underscore says baseball continues to lose fans. Prices will probably rise, which will cost them to lose even more fans. Yeah, I definitely agree. Prices are probably going to rise after this. And when it comes to going to Yankee games and things like that, everybody knows who's been to Yankee Stadium, how much money you need to have in your pocket when you walk into that stadium in order to even have a semi-enjoyable experience. Prices going up even further in places like Yankee Stadium is just... 
unimaginable and scary, but it probably will happen. As if people don't already have enough problems. At John YCQ says, I wouldn't go back to watching live baseball, much less buying any products associated with it. I would just look at box scores and highlights. All right, that's understandable, and that's your right. Obviously, you're really frustrated with the back and forth that's been going on, and that's your choice. As I said before, in a lot of ways, the owners are just saying to the fans through these negotiations that money means more to us than you guys, the people who made us who we are. And you know what? Two can play at that game. I won't spend my money nearly as much on you as I did before either. I'll prove to you that money means more to me too, the fans say. So, people should expect a lot of others to react this way. I certainly expect it. At no time for fake ones underscore says, I think some fans will be lost. Some will not watch for a while and come back, and the true fans will support baseball regardless. All right. So another comment more or less saying the casuals will probably go and the true diehards will stick around. And yeah, obviously there's no definitive number on who would or wouldn't stick around, but yeah, this is perfectly fair. You could say some fans would, some fans wouldn't, the casuals wouldn't, and the diehards would, and that's what all of you have been saying, and that's totally cool, and I understand. As some people have said, it's not an easy question, but that's what makes it more thought-provoking. All right, a couple more. At Chicago underscore Shane says, I think it will cost them a lot of fans, because attendance has already been declining for years, and this won't help. There are a lot of people struggling financially right now, and some may see this as millionaires fighting over a few dollars as a deal breaker, I'm afraid. Yeah, they could. As I've said, some people's patience has hit zero with this whole thing. At Vinman23 says, no, if there wasn't a pandemic or this was a strike year and many minor leaguers being unpaid or cut, answer is yes. There was an agreement, though, that should be honored. They won't lose me. Well, it is good that they won't lose you. And second of all, you are right, there was an agreement, the prorated salaries, and that's why for a lot of people, including myself, if they had to choose a side, it's easier to side with the players because it's hard to look past that, that the owners agreed on the prorated salaries and then went back on their word because they looked at what numbers could be without fans in attendance. It's just not right. There was an agreement in place. And when you're a billionaire, there shouldn't be a problem. So I agree, that agreement should be honored. At Venuto Greg says, fans will remain, but MLB attendance is down the last eight years and will be down next season if COVID is not gone. With young fans not embracing or playing the game, a season with no games will only hurt. If MLB is the only sport of the three not to play, that will be a tremendous loss. Well, yeah, it's tough to disagree with anything you said about the attendance there and if COVID's not gone. And again, yes, that'll be a major factor. What the virus does, what happens with it going forward, that's a major factor. When the vaccine for it is to come out. And yes, as I've also said, with all the other sports seemingly getting back into it, and if baseball's not the only one solely because of money, it'll hurt and it'll damage the sport. I agree. That's what I've been saying too, as you know. At Retroman NYC says, I've been a hardcore Yankees slash baseball fan since I was eight, which is a long time ago. If this season gets canceled because of money, I'll still love baseball, but I'm through with Major League Baseball. I'm already getting into Korean baseball and happy to keep following that. Japan too. Well, yeah, there are other baseball products to watch out there, and that's something right there. Major League Baseball should be careful because there are other options. And while in many aspects they may not be up to the quality as Major League Baseball, there are still fun things to like about the other products, like Japan, like Korean baseball. And some people, like this guy here, may turn to those. All right, we'll finish off on this one. At Jackie Misses says, I think they will lose fans, but not me. I truly love the game, so I'll watch and go whenever and wherever when I can. I always have, so it's just what I do. Been doing this since birth, and it won't change now, at least not much. 
Okay, so we got a fan here that is sticking around no matter what. And we've seen a good mix of these thoughts this week in the Twitter replies. But as for Twitter, that is all for today with the replies. As always, thank you all so much for the poll interactions on there. Again, I apologize if I didn't get to you. There were definitely a good amount of you I didn't get to, but I got to a ton of people, as many as I could. But as always, just keep trying every week in the replies. Keep replying, and I'll definitely get to you most weeks. I really do my best. And I did get to a lot of you this week, so just try again next week. And again, thank you all so much for voting this week. Almost 2,000 votes. That is a lot. But let's head on over to Instagram before we end this week's poll segment. And again, the same question remains, and that is, do you think MLB will lose a significant amount of fans if money is all that separates us from baseball this year, and would the sport be in big trouble? And again, the two choices to choose from are either yes or no, fans will remain. And just like on Twitter, and it's pretty scary, the percentage of votes on each side is really, really similar too. On Twitter, the results were 64% against 36% in favor of the choice of yes, and on Instagram... 63% of people voted for the choice of yes, and 37% of people voted for the choice no, fans will remain. So again, the choice of yes wins, and in very similar fashion to Twitter. So again, a lot of people thinking that if money is the only thing that separates us from baseball this year, the sport could be in trouble and lose a significant amount of fans. So let's move on to the couple of replies that we got on Instagram before we move on to some Yankees news quickly. Up first, we have my good friend James Celestin. You may know him on Yankees Twitter, at BlackRebirth52. But on Instagram, he is the Dark Knight 025 and he says it will be because baseball is trying desperately to get fans watching the sport. Not playing because of money is a bad optic. The NBA and NHL can figure it out. Why can't you? Especially when in times of crisis with everything in the world. Sports can heal the world. Be on the right side of history, because if you're not, you will be looked at badly, and you will be the fourth sport behind the NHL. So James not only thinks that baseball will suffer if money is the only thing separating us from it this year, but he also thinks that it will become the fourth popular sport in America behind hockey. That is bold. But he is right. Sports like basketball and the NHL have been able to figure it out this year, and baseball hasn't, so that much is true. Thank you, James, for the reply. Up next, we have Kevin YC0816, and he says, I think it's not going to lose fans. It sucks that money's delaying the start of a possible lost season, but I am still hopeful. I'm still hopeful too, man, even though things are not looking good, but I'm trying to keep the hope alive too. And lastly, the person I always love to finish off with on Instagram, which is also the poll segment as a whole, is my amazing mother, Julia Gina Scudero, on Instagram, and she says, I'm on the fence with this one because I feel people being disgusted with MLB as I am. The love for the sport will never change, and when it does return, we'll be all over it with bells on ready to see the game. We're disappointed and ticked off now, but patience wins in the end. Wise words from the mother. This is why I always like to finish off with your comments, Mom. <laughs> Thank you very much. A dash of optimism from my mom to end this week's poll segment. And as always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time to join in on the fun with this week's Yapping Yankees poll. I greatly appreciate all the interactions, guys. You know that, and you know the drill. If I wasn't able to get to you this week, and there were some of you who I was not able to get to, and trust me, I do feel bad, but just keep on replying to the polls each week, and I'll definitely get to your response on another poll in the future. Definitely. 
Unfortunately, sometimes it's not easy to get to everybody, but I do my best. Just keep commenting. And again, trust me, I will get to you in the future. There were just like dozens and dozens of comments today. I just couldn't get to all of them. But now let us move right along to the back end of the show. That, of course, being Yankees news and MLB news. And to create some fun and lighthearted discussion today, flashing people back to better times, I wanted to acknowledge that 25 years ago on May 29th, so two days ago, marked this anniversary. But as of May 29th, it marked 25 years since Derek Jeter made his Major League Baseball debut. Now, this means a lot to me personally because if you recall earlier, I reminded you that Jeter is my favorite player and overall athlete of all time, on top of the class act he is off the field. So, 25 years ago, the captain made his debut at the age of 20, about a month away from his 21st birthday. He'd go 0 for 5 as he was slotted into the 9 spot in the lineup to fill in for an injured Tony Fernandez at short, and unfortunately the Yankees would lose that game to the Mariners that day by the score of 8-7 to in 12 innings. But the next day, things immediately looked up for Derek as he'd get the first two of his 3,465 hits in his career, going 2 for 3 with a walk on his second day. And of course, we know the countless miles milestones he would achieve going forward from winning the Rookie of the Year the very next year in 1996 when he qualified for it since he only played 15 games in 95, to becoming the next Yankees captain in June of 2003, passing Lou Gehrig for the most hits of any Yankee in history, getting nearly 3,500 hits as I said earlier, being a major player in helping the Yankees to five World Series championships in his time. The list just continues to go on. I could be here all day talking about Derek Jeter's accomplishments and all while being the absolute class act we know him to be as well. Now, I looked up to Jeter since I got into baseball, which was about 11 or 12 years into his career already since those of you who know my story know I started to watch baseball little by little around 2007. But nonetheless, I know all there is to know about him, and I've always respected his accomplishments and the way that he has always conducted himself immensely. And to this day, he remains my favorite player ever, and I don't see that changing, so that's that. But I definitely wanted to touch on the 25th anniversary of his debut today quickly though, and remember the good times with Jeter throughout his career. But we do have one other thing to briefly discuss in Yankees news, and it'll also partially have to do with some of our MLB news discussion later. And what I speak of is that as of Friday, the Yankees did continue to pay their minor league players $400 a week and have not released any of them. Now, going forward, both of these situations are subject to change because of everything going on between the owners and the MLBPA. We'll have to wait and see, but also, there have not been any announcements of them continuing to pay their non-roster minor league players the $400 per week for the rest of what would be the minor league season. So again, We'll have to wait and see if the Yankees do make that announcement, and they should considering much smaller market teams have done so, which we'll discuss next in MLB News. So speaking of MLB News, since not much else has happened in Yankees News this week, honestly, the status of the injured Yankee players we've spoken about for weeks still remains the same, with Judge's rib stress fracture still slowly healing, Hicks is throwing and swinging still as he rehabs from his Tommy John surgery, Pax and Stanton are still basically ready to go whenever, as we've spoken about, and Severino is actually steadily progressing with his rehab from his Tommy John surgery, and as we mentioned last week, he's at George M. Steinbrenner Field with some of the other boys we spoke about last Sunday, and Sevy hopes to start 
start throwing by the summer. So that would be really, really good. All great news on that front. And as I said before, not much has changed in that area. Things with the Yankees have been pretty quiet. As we know, everything throughout baseball has basically just been contingent on what's going on between the owners and the PA, which is why so much of the discussion has centered around that. So therefore, again, speaking of MLB news, let's talk about all that was discussed in that area this past week before we wrap up today's episode. We'll begin with the big piece of news that started the week, which happened to be the revised proposal I told you about last Sunday that was going to come out this past Tuesday, and it did. The players' union reaction to it, though? (laughs) You just wait. But let's hit on the proposal itself first. So the revised proposal, again, that was supposed to be released this past Tuesday did come out, the owners approved of it, and presented it to the players' union on Tuesday. And more or less, the proposal was a sliding pay scale, and I'll explain to you what that is in a second. Basically, what it means is that the proposal would see the highest earning players in baseball take the biggest cuts, while the lowest earners would receive close to full pay if the 2020 season takes place after a proposal is agreed upon by both sides, which, as we know, is yet to happen. So this was a change from what the owners proposed last, which, as we know, was the 50-50 revenue split. We spoke plenty about that on prior episodes, along with everything else that's happened in this exhausting process since the start of it. But this is a change from the revenue split, and as I said, it's basically paying the players a percentage of their prorated salaries, with the sliding scale offering more cuts against the higher-earning players. And the cuts are pretty big. It's said that the highest-paid players would receive less than 40% of their full-season salaries under this proposal, and the lower-paid players would receive basically their full prorated share. Now, I'll give you some math on these numbers in a second, but shortly after this proposal was put out on Tuesday, shortly after that, a report came out on Twitter from Evan Drellich, who works at The Athletic. And he came out with a tweet saying that the meeting between the two sides after the proposal was put out was already ended shortly after it was even mentioned that it was brought up to the union, like it had abruptly ended already. So right away, I was like, what does that mean? Was it perhaps such a good proposal that they already came to an understanding? Or is that a very bad sign, basically hinting at the players union hating it? And unfortunately, it was the latter to the nth degree, because the MLBPA was very, very disappointed by the sliding pay scale proposal. The PA referred to the additional pay cuts as massive, and the league apparently offered to share more playoff revenue, but on balance, the PA said that those dollars are small compared to what the players give up. So more or less, not much has changed, and it possibly even made things worse, at least at the start of the week between the two sides. Even Joel Sherman went on Twitter and said it, that the MLBPA says the proposal involves massive additional pay cuts and that the union is extremely disappointed, and he also highlighted that the union said the sides are far apart on the health and safety protocols too. Now, I spoke about the league's medical proposal two weeks ago on episode 47, and then spoke about the players' union's response to that with things that they wanted to change. I spoke about that last week on episode 48, so listen back to those episodes of Yapping Yankees if you need to refresh your memory on that, as far as the health and safety protocols are concerned. And that's fine. Again, I understand health concerns on behalf of the players. They would be the ones going out there every day, risking their health or the health of their families when they go back home to them after games or road trips or what have you, especially if any of them are high risk or have pre-existing health conditions because we know that those kinds of people are at the highest risk with this virus. But when it comes to money, 
Listen to this. I told you that I would give you the numbers on those massive pay cuts, and I'm going to give you the math as to how massive those pay cuts would be after all. Now, these are some numbers put out a few days ago by Brendan Cuddy, and other officials have more or less given similar math, and it's big. The biggest cuts, again, would happen to those with the highest salaries. And yeah, the ones with some of the lowest salaries would get cuts too, of course, since theirs would still be prorated, but the ones making the most would be even more significant. But listen to this, I'm going to give you some examples of what some Yankees would be earning if this plan would be put into place. And since it's yapping Yankees, I thought it was appropriate to put some Yankee examples in here. Fair enough? All right. So these are, give or take, the numbers and pay cuts based on some of the reported percentages of cuts, which were around 65 or 70%. Again, they're big. So for example... Cole, who would be making $36 million, would be making $8 million. Giancarlo Stanton, who would be making $26 million, would be making $6 million. Masahiro Tanaka, who would be making $23 million, would be making $5.5 million. Jay Happ would go from $17 million to $4.5 million. Aroldis Chapman would go from $16 million to $4.25 million. Zach Britton would go from $13 million to $3.5 million. James Paxton would go from $12.5 million to three point five. And DJ LeMahieu would go from $12 million to $3.4 million. Now again, since they're still in the millions, you could go on and on about how you still have no sympathy for them, and that's all good, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, if you still compare these numbers and really look at those decreases, those are massive pay cuts. And I know tons of other people throughout the country are going through the very same thing, or maybe even worse, but those are massive pay cuts. So the players union, again, was extremely disappointed by this. And lots of people expected maybe going back to the originally agreed upon prorated salaries, which is what I would have liked and definitely what the union would have liked. And then perhaps you defer some of the money to future years to ease up expense on the owners. We spoke about this possibility last week. But as a result of this proposal, Earlier in the week, again, things almost seemed worse than ever in these talks, with time winding down, mind you. Now it seems the players want a regular season of about 100 games, and they still want the originally agreed upon prorated salaries. They're just not on the same page. It's been made abundantly clear up to this point. But again, as I've said in the past few episodes, the time is winding down. Since talks started heating up with trying to get baseball back, they were throwing around potential dates for spring training too, like June 10th or mid-June overall, possibly even the 15th. And if those still hold true, we're getting a bit close to that. I'd imagine if they want things to still possibly start up in mid-June, they probably have a few days left to agree so they can announce the season's on and the teams can get ready and get to where they need to go. Unless they're willing to push back, which if the season were to get started as late as around August... That would be pretty late, because say it takes until mid to late June to finish these negotiations. A few more days pass for them to get set and everyone's ready to go. Say you get started with spring training to around, I don't know, June 25th? Just throwing a date out there. You're probably going to have spring training too for about two or three weeks, and then the regular season wouldn't start until sometime in mid to late July, probably later July. And if you're going later than that, you're talking about being days away from August, if not in August itself. So my point is, if they're looking to start around the timeline that they threw out there originally, first week of July for the regular season, and the next week and a half, maybe two weeks for spring training two to start, time is ticking, and they're running it real close. And if reports are true, which we spoke about the issue with that at length last week about how true some reporting is, 
Whether it's a negotiating tactic or if someone's trying to paint someone else in a bad light, listen back to last week's episode for that whole discussion. But again, if the reports are true, the two sides are not close to an agreement, neither on the economic side nor on the health protocol side, as MLB insiders have said. And if it isn't bad enough, on top of that, as we spoke about in Yankees news very briefly when speaking about the Yankees continuing to pay their minor leaguers so far, but not announcing whether or not they'll pay them for the rest of the year, there are teams that are also not announcing that they'll pay their minor leaguers. And there are also teams like the A's who have announced that they are not paying their minor leaguers for the rest of the year, stopping their payments to these non-roster minor leaguers after today, May 31st, which is the final date MLB said they'd be paying their minor leaguers. And teams have cut their minor leaguers as well, as I said earlier in the show. There have been hundreds, hundreds, you heard that correctly, hundreds of minor leaguers already cut. And over the next week, over a thousand are expected to be cut. A thousand. All of this because of anticipation of there not being a minor league season this year, and considering the difficult time the league and the players union are having in agreeing on compensation for this year, which has been the main glorious discussion for weeks, as you know. Now, insiders have said that some of these minor league releases may have happened at the end of spring training anyway, had the season been going normally. But what about those that wouldn't have been released at the end of spring training anyway? And you still have to feel for those other guys regardless. Who knows the futures of these cut minor leaguers or the repercussions this will have on the minor leagues in the future? As I said last week, it's a mess. Everything is upside down, people. But at the very least, the bright light in this dark tunnel is someone, and I mentioned him before and so did people in the replies for the poll, it was someone in the likes of David Price having to do with this whole minor leaguer situation. He is definitely a bright light in this dark tunnel. He took it upon himself to pay each minor leaguer not on the Dodgers 40-man roster, so the non-roster minor leaguers, $1,000 each for the month of June. And despite a lot of Yankee fans' feelings towards David Price, I definitely have to salute him here because while he may have the money, again, same principle with Giancarlo Stanton making the mask donations and Garrett and Amy Cole donating lots of money for COVID-19 efforts, no one told Price or Stanton and the Coles to do this and no one can tell them how to spend their money. So all of these gestures are just really good to hear, especially in this dark world we're living in right now. It's something positive, a positive force that just makes you feel good for the minor leaguers and makes you appreciate those who have the money using it for good. So that's a major positive and a great move by Price, especially for an organization he just joined this past offseason and hasn't even officially pitched for yet. It's just awesome all around. And I did want to shout him out for that on today's episode. It goes to show people are doing all they can, and it's a really nice gesture. Now, when it comes to what I was saying before about what teams have announced that they will pay their non-roster minor leaguers for the rest of the year, and which teams have not announced that they'll do the same, I have the list here of the teams so far. So I'll give you the names of the teams who have announced that they will pay their non-roster minor leaguers for the rest of what would be the minor league season, which again typically ends at the end of August or beginning of September. And as I hinted at earlier, ironically, many of these teams who have agreed to pay their non-roster minor leaguers, are smaller market teams. So that goes to show you it could be done. So the teams who have announced that they will pay their non-roster minor leaguers for the rest of the year are the Twins, the Royals, the Marlins, the Padres, the Mariners, the Reds, the Astros, and the Red Sox. And out of that bunch, 
the Twins, Royals, Astros, and Reds have said that they will also not be cutting players either. And the rest of these teams I just named, including all of the ones throughout the rest of the league who have not made any announcements regarding paying their non-roster minor leaguers, have either already released certain minor leaguers or haven't said whether or not they will. Some of the info for this is pretty vague, uncertain, no specifics in certain areas, but we do know lots of teams have cut a great deal of their non-roster minor leaguers. Again, hundreds around baseball have been cut, that much is certain. And certain organizations have cut more minor leaguers than others. So again, those teams I mentioned before are paying their minor leaguers for the rest of what would be the minor league season. And the rest of the teams in the league haven't announced anything regarding paying non-roster minor leaguers for the rest of the year yet. The Yankees included. And that's a lot of teams who are yet to make an announcement on this, especially considering the date today, the 31st, the final day again that MLB had agreed on for paying these guys. I'd like to imagine many of the teams can afford to, especially since those teams I just mentioned to you before, many of them are smaller market teams, particularly when it comes to the big market teams like the Yankees, especially first and foremost, I expect that they could afford to do it. I mean, minor leaguers are extremely underpaid as it is. So we'll see what happens going forward with that since today is the 31st, these decisions have to be made, but... As I was saying before about the owners and MLBPA, there's still lots of negativity surrounding the two sides since they're seemingly still far off from each other on an agreement to get baseball back. Yet throughout all of it, you still have some people remaining optimistic, and I'm holding out some hope too, don't get me wrong. I may sound pretty doom and gloom at times, but these things I'm discussing are really what's happening, so I'm reporting them to you as they are. And a lot of it isn't good, but I am holding out some hope. But a big part of me is also beyond discouraged. There was a report today of some MLB owners saying they'd be fine with there being no baseball in 2020 to reduce payroll costs. And I and millions of other baseball fans are just sitting here like, ah, great. Just keep on proving to us that you care about money so much more than you care about us. This is why I took the side of the players a couple of weeks ago, and I will still take their side as you know, despite me also trying to take a middle-of-the-road approach, which as you know, that's what I try to do often. I try to remain as fair and balanced on here as possible, and I think I do a pretty damn good job at it. So the the middle-of-the-road approach, I still, even if I have to choose a side, will side with the players despite me trying to take a middle-of-the-road approach. Then you get those couple of people out there who support the owners and they're like, oh, if you don't understand their efforts, then you've never owned a business. Yet regardless of whether or not anyone has owned something, you must realize, especially in these times with people struggling to even put food on their tables, it's hard for some people to feel bad for these billion dollar owners. Even players like Max Scherzer this past week, as well as the rest of the players' union, they want MLB to release their financial data that they're using to support their claims as to why they went back on prorated salaries, and they're claiming they need to instill these massive pay cuts. And many others want to see them too, because people don't want to hear it from these billionaires. They don't want to hear it. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that. There are also people who don't want to hear it from the players, especially those who are well off with the money that they make. And yeah, they may make more money than the average American worker, yeah, but they get a contract to get paid their worth. Is it a lot? Yeah, it's a lot. But should they get slighted from their owners who have 
billions of dollars and may not even have the correct data to support that they couldn't do prorated salaries at this time without fans in attendance? And yeah, that's happened to a lot of regular workers around the country getting either completely furloughed or just getting hours cut and their salaries severely cut. But does that make it okay for that to happen to these players too? Do two wrongs make a right now? You want to tell me that those of you who side with the owners would still side with them, even if they released their financial data, which they probably never will, but even if they released their financial data and show that they can afford to give prorated salaries anyway? The players' union has a right to pursue and want to see those numbers. And what I have left to say at this point are mostly opinions I've already given the past couple of weeks, so I'll make them quick. Even a couple of the opinions I just said are already things I've said on past episodes, but most of what I'm about to say is definitely what I've said in the past, so I won't want to repeat too much, but I still have to get it out. It's important. It's almost as a reminder. This is to both sides, the owners and the PA, but especially the owners. Guys, time is running out if you want to start when you originally said that you do. If you want to start with that timeline, spring training two in mid-June, I'd say you have about a week and a half left to figure this thing out. At the most. Some people even said it would be best to be resolved by June 1st, and that's tomorrow. The clock is ticking. As I said in weeks past, this has been exhausting enough to listen to. Some people are already at the point of not caring whether baseball returns this year or not, because they're just tired of listening to this. You have to figure this out. While I take one side more than the other, that side being the players as you know, my middle of the road approach will remind you that money is going to be lost anyway regardless. On both sides, there needs to be a compromise. Both sides need to bite the bullet and figure it out. Not only has this already pushed some people away from the sport, but as a reminder, if you don't play this year only because of money, and you did hear this in the poll replies, there are plenty of people who feel this way and probably many, many more beyond them, you will lose even more people. This sport will be in trouble, if you ask me. Could some people eventually come back? Sure, sure they could. And I agreed with the people that said that too, that they could come back eventually, but some may not. And at least for some time. I think it's safe to say a decent amount of fans will be lost. People reference the strikes from the past, 81, 94. But again, those were different times and there were different causes. Then it was the money. Now it's the money because of a health crisis. So people's levels of patience are even thinner. And the last thing they feel like hearing is this exhausting back and forth seminar. Especially with the other sports that have already returned, like I said in weeks past, or those coming back, UFC, golf, soccer in some places, NASCAR, all good. And it also seems like the NBA and the NHL have fared well in their talks of coming back. They're working it out or already have worked it out. NBA is targeting July 31st and the NHL is targeting around July 2 possibly. Still waiting on the word from their health officials. And with baseball, you have this fight going on for weeks now. No matter how you spin it, it's not a good look for the sport. And it'll be even worse if money ends up being the only thing keeping us from it. Figure it out, guys. I've been saying it ad nauseum, but figure it out. Compromise. This sport will be in trouble for at least some years to come if money is the only thing dividing us from it in 2020. I don't know how many times I have to say it, but I'll keep saying it. Bite the bullet, compromise, and figure it out. 
You also don't need the relations between MLB and the MLBPA being sour like this with the CBA coming up in the next year, as we've also spoken about. That's very important, too, because then talks of a strike could start, and we don't need that. Get it done, especially the owners. Don't let the sport suffer in the future because of your greed. That's all I ask. Figure it out. Compromise. And you know I don't like to end on rants, but that's the deal for today, guys. We'll have to keep on waiting and see what happens with this situation, as well as what the future holds for the minor leaguers and how many will continue to be released. We just have to wait and see, as per freaking usual. And I'm sorry I flew off the handle again there, as I have so often lately, but it's really tough to hold back frustration when you're listening to this back-and-forth saga between these two sides with everything going on in the world right now. Sometimes it's not easy to hold back. It really isn't. And I know there are a lot of people out there who feel the same way that I do. And regardless of whether or not they do feel the way that I do, this is still my opinion and I would still be proud to put it out there. But it always helps when you know that there are a great deal of other people who feel the same way as you do. But these are my thoughts on this. It has been that way from the start, as you know, regardless of what other people say. And I do hope that when I speak to you next week for episode 50, we'll have some better news to discuss. But as for now, guys, that is all for episode 49 of Yapping Yankees today. And before we get to our shout outs, I do want to put out the last quick reminder before I just post more reminders about it on social media throughout the week. But please be sure to tune in to my live Q&A on Instagram Live that will be taking place this Friday, June 5th at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern on my Instagram at MikeScuds97. Please be sure to go follow me there if you don't already, and be sure to tune in, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it'll happen before I speak to you again next Sunday, so please be there. It's going to be a blast. This Friday, June 5th, 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern, my Instagram, live Q&A, on my Instagram at MikeScuds97. Be there. But for now, one last shout-out to Team Left Jab and Grunt Talks MLB. Team Left Jab features Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, you name it, the list goes on everywhere. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And our other shout out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, Grunt talksmlb.com to see all of their baseball content and see where they feature yapping Yankees. Follow the man behind the website, Darren on Twitter at YankeesReport28. Special thanks to Darren and Grunt Talks MLB for helping spread the word every week about yapping Yankees. And also, as I've been doing every week since this whole pandemic started, one last shout out to all of those fighting this virus on the front lines, selflessly, bravely, and tirelessly doing all they can to rid us of COVID-19. Doctors, nurses, first responders, police officers, the fire department, all healthcare workers, and so on. I want to extend my gratitude to all of you for your efforts at all times, but especially in these times. Essential workers, all of you on the front lines and beyond, thank you very much. Be sure to follow me on all social medias, guys. You can find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. You can follow me on Twitter, which of course is the social media app I'm most disgustingly active on, as so many of you know, at Mike Scudero. And you can follow me on Instagram as well at MikeScuds97. Again, especially for the live Q&A coming at you this Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern, this Friday, June 5th, on my Instagram, MikeScuds97. And I also don't want to forget to tip my cap as I do every week to you, the listener. 
whether you listen, give feedback on the show, vote or reply in the polls, interact with me personally about the Yankees, support me and the podcast and show love on social media, all of the above, whatever it is you do to show your love and support, I tip my cap to you and remind you just how much I appreciate your believing in me every single day. Thank you guys so much. I hope you SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Spotify listeners enjoyed as always, as well as you YouTubers out there. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes. Episodes 34 up to this one, episode 49, are available on YouTube, and episodes 33 all the way back to episode 1 are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening. I'm Mike Scudero, and I'll talk to you next Sunday, June 7th, for the Landmark episode, when I come at you with episode 50 of Yapping Yankees. Until next Sunday, hang in there, be patient, stay safe out there, look out for your loved ones, and as I've also been saying, don't be a moron. (laughs) Have a good week, guys. I'll talk to you next Sunday for the big episode, episode 50, where hopefully again, there will be some good news to discuss. Take care, guys. (laughs) 